0: Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Well, welcome to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I'm your host, Austin, and joined with me today on the mic is our lead pastor, Rick. How you doing? Fine, thanks, brother. And also with us today, we have Gary. Gary, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Gary is our creative arts director here at Redemption, and that uh, includes a lot of things. But one of the things you do is leading us in worship. And so that's what we're going to talk about in this episode is worship. And so let's just kind of start there, guys. I mean, obviously, that could be a loaded word, and let's make sure we're on the same page. So what is worship? Gary, we pay you to know the answer to that question.
0: So, what do you got, man?
2: That is such a broad question. <laughs> what is worship? Well, worship is a broad topic, and I know we're going to narrow it, narrow it down a little bit on this this uh, episode. But um, you know, the the old English word for worship is worship, and so it's basically the, a a great definition of worship is ascribing worth to God. So uh, that is a very broad. Uh, thinking as well, how can I ascribe worth to God in every aspect of my life? So it's like living and living for God and loving the Lord.
0: Yeah, and I think of it as an orientation toward God, uh, orientation of love, a focus on God where He's right in the center of my life, and that that includes not only when I sing musically on Sunday morning, but but also. Whatever I do every moment throughout my week, and Romans 12, 1 talks about that, of having a life of worship, doing my spiritual service of worship. And so all of life should be worship. And a subcategory of that is the specific that we usually mean when we talk about quote unquote worship, and that is singing to God. But that's a subcategory of a broad topic of worship.
2: Yeah, and I, I guess what I would add, too, is when you th- think back to you, okay, what does Jesus say? And and he gave us th- the greatest commandments, and the first of the greatest commandments is to love the Lord, to love him. So I always think of that scripture when I'm thinking about worship, man, just loving the Lord with all of myself, with all of my life. That's that's a great definition of worship,
0: actually. And that's huge, because when Jesus gave that commandment, the first commandment, he I don't think he was thinking about singing on Sunday morning. Right. You know, he was thinking about life and, and that. So the orientation of my whole life to love God, that is worship. Now that's the broad definition. And then, you know, couched underneath that is the specific area of singing worship or musical worship that I think we want to talk to talk about today.
1: Yeah, with that, I mean, obviously, like you guys said, there's so many ways we could go at this topic of worship, but it's only one episode, and so that is the angle we're going at when it comes to music, so worship through singing, uh, so musical worship, that's the topic we're really diving into, and so with that in mind, guys, I would love to just hear you guys discuss a little bit why in the world is worship, through music specifically, uh, so important.
2: Well, uh, It's funny when somebody says worship now, I think probably the first thing they think of is music. And they think, you know, even when we go into our service, we'll say we're going to have worship now. Well, usually that means we're going to sing and we're going to sing some songs. So uh, I guess your question is, brother, if I can interrupt,
0: we've worked out already as a pastoral team including you, Gary, that we tweak our language on that. Right. So we don't say we're going to worship now. We say we're going to continue right. in worship because right. this strong and uh, intentional implication is we've been worshiping all along. When we give, when we talk, when we preach, it's all worship. And now we're going to continue in worship through singing. So we've been intentional on that, I think, from some of your coaching, Gary.
2: Yeah. And um, so, so yeah, worship is much broader than singing. We know that. But, but uh, I will definitely uh, be glad to say that it is a... It's a huge part of worship is singing, absolutely, in music, and so uh, some cool stuff about that uh, with scripture is that there's over 400 scriptures in the Bible referencing just singing. Did you count them all? Uh, I was going to read them all actually okay, today. Okay, great, that's okay, okay. It's going to be a long time. memorization, <laughs> right? <laughs> but there's in and, and then there's there's over 50 commands. They would call them commands to sing. So I think it's a big deal. I actually uh, was watching a YouTube video yesterday from Rich Mullins. I love Rich Mullins. And he was. it was like one of his last concerts. And he said something that I was like, wow, that was great timing. He said, singing is the most reiterated command in the Bible. I thought that was a pretty cool way of saying it. Uh, Psalm 47.6 says it like four times in a row. Sing praises to our God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. I don't know, Pastor Rick. I don't know how how else you interpret that scripture, but I think it's pretty clear.
0: I think it's clear, brother. Yeah, yeah.
2: Sing praises. Um yeah, and and also another great scripture uh, when it comes to singing and is uh, Paul, you know, in Ephesians five, he's talking to uh, the church. He said all, all the churches Paul wrote to are made up of you know different kinds of, of people, uh, just like our church. And one of the things that we can see in Scripture is singing can be a unifying thing. And so he even, he even says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody, melody to the Lord with your heart. So uh yeah, I think it's of high importance uh for our church to sing together, for
0: sure. Huge. I think it's a great opportunity to express our love to the Lord. Uh we're we are relational built beings and we talk about Christianity being a relationship, not a religion. And in relationship there should be expression of affection. And granted, I want to do that with the Lord in so many ways. But for me, the best chance I get to express affection to God is, is for me, most in prayer. But then, secondly, in worship, meaning in the specific sense, musical worship. But but really, I think of worship as singing prayer. So so it's my chance to go right into the throne room of God, to look him in the face and to sing my freaking heart out to him and to express my love right to him. And so uh, I think that's a huge, important aspect of discipleship in the believer's life, to express my affection to the Lord, to express that to God. That's worship.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one book I would recommend uh, is called Sing by Keith and Kristen Getty. And this, there's a, a few quotes I wanted to read. I thought they were pretty cool. He said, Your "Can you he- read them with an accent?" Uh, no, okay. yeah. no. Go ahead. Uh, Your heavenly Father cares whether you, cares whether or what you sing, but He does not mind how well you sing. I thought that was great, and a lot of you are probably glad to hear that right now. Um, the congregation of a church is the ultimate choir, and it is without auditions. Everyone can be in it and should be in it. I love mm-hmm. that quote.
0: That's brilliant, and for those of you who don't know, my crack about the accent is because the Gettys are Irish, and uh, yeah, and they sounded Irish. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I believe so. And my wife just loves. I mean, Chris and Getty. Listening to her is just a treat, man. Just a treat. But yeah, so that's huge that that all of us, uh, and it requires all of us, and you even quoted from Ephesians where making melody in your hearts to God, and some of us don't make melody quite as well as others, but it's just important to express that. And so I think about a husband and wife, and what if you're you're not a very romantic husband? Oh, then you never have to tell your wife you love her. Well, you know, we wouldn't say that. So even though you're not naturally romantically wired, it's still important that you express that affection to your wife. And even if I'm not as melodic as the next person, it's still important that I express that affection to my God to put him right in the center of my life.
1: And I think about that, too. Like, there is nothing like when you see someone, you know, in a church setting or wherever, just singing their heart out. And they might sound terrible, but they don't care. And I just think about, like, I love seeing that as a pastor. I'm thinking, like, God is probably sitting in heaven thrilled over that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't sound good, but who cares? Like, they're singing to me, and that is, yeah, that's an awesome thing to see.
0: So. Well, and so I think, uh, I think maybe later in the podcast we might get into some more practicals and all that, but I'll stick one in here that for congregants to intentionally set their mind uh, when it's time to sing, when the band starts hitting that those notes, and it, and it, man, to mentally walk into the throne room of God, that I'm not in a room with a band up front and people beside me, but I'm facing off with the Lord my God, and this is an opportunity to express my affection to Him. I think that's just huge.
2: Yeah, and you know when you look at pictures of heaven in Scripture, I mean, it seems to be. Uh, very similar to a worship service, obviously. You know, people. You know, the, the living creatures all around singing in in the uh, the song of holy, holy, holy. I mean, all those things. I've I've heard uh, several people say uh, just the idea that we're kind of in a choir practice right now for that in a way, and we can we can take advantage of
0: that. So. For sure. Yeah, and I'm always cautious to say, you know, for those who think uh, our eternal state is one unbroken singing fest, that's not true. Uh, It will be life on the new earth, uh, similar to life on earth, but without the fall, from what I understand of the scriptures. So there'll be a fullness of experience of life, but a big part of that, I mean, man, uh, Gary, you have led us in some incredible worship nights here at Redemption Chapel, and to think that that, those are off the charts phenomenal, to think that doesn't even touch what we're going to experience then is just mind-blowing to
2: me. Yeah, it's going to be way better.
0: Which... That's mind blowing. (laughs) uh, You do some good stuff right here. I'll tell you that. But Austin, you were asking like, uh, why is it important? Some other things come to mind for me. One one of them is it's a chance to realign my heart. uh, So for me, sometimes there's idolatry is being forsaken and I'm doing confession and worship because some of the songs we sing, it's reminders of truth. Uh, and, And so there's things where I, man, there's a lot of times where I find myself in the midst of singing worship, where I'm doing confession before the Lord and my heart is being realigned. I'm forsaking my idols and embracing my God and focusing on him. Any other things that come to mind for you, Gary, as far as why worship is important?
2: Well, I mean, if I say no, I guess that's a bad answer. But um, think, think of job security I you, yeah. right now, brother. <laughs> I, I think you've covered it very well. Yeah,
0: And I'll tell you one other that comes to mind for me, though, is uh, the encoding of truth. Like, like uh, if you think about how you learn the alphabet song, I bet almost everyone listening to this podcast learned it with a song. You, know, you learn the alphabet with a song. And it's because music has the ability to encode things emotionally in a way that just a preaching sermon, and I'll say this humbly as a preacher, that, that, uh, that like music can encode it in a way. And so when we sing those songs, the lyrics are rich. We are singing sermons. And so there's the ability to encode truth that comes back to, in a good way, haunt me throughout the week. That's huge.
2: Yeah and there there's a when it, when we talk about the power of music I mean there's so many implications with that and how it how it it's such a great tool for the church and when it's especially when it's done well and how it can draw us all in I mean just the power of an amazing melody or, you know, it, it, there's just nothing like it. Uh, obviously you can think of movies and you take away some of those incredible soundtracks from movies and you take away half the power of that movie sometimes. So yeah, especially Jaws.
0: That, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine Jaws without right. that, that little, Oh man. Yeah.
2: They literally rep- replaced a robotic shark. When you, I watched a documentary on that. They were, they replaced the robotic shark uh, with, a, I guess a cello or whatever it was that mm-hmm. noon. it, and you know, powerful stuff.
0: It is powerful, and uh, you said it draws us all in, and and that's one of the other things. The last thing that came to mind, I guess, for me as far as why worship is important, it's where we take our rightful place. And when when you look throughout the scriptures and you see how it talks about uh, that night after night that that the skies pour forth speech or the the hills and the mountains, the trees clap their hands. And so there's this view that all of creation is right now worshiping God. There's this view that all the angels are right now worshiping God, maybe not necessarily singing, but a lot of times they are singing. And, and so creation is worshiping God. And so we as humans take our rightful place in creation, created order, joining the chorus and singing in worship to our Lord. So, so when the band starts up on Sunday morning, that's not when worship starts. It's been going on since God created, and we are just joining in right. appropriately.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things I'm very careful to say a lot is that we don't, we're not inventing worship. We're not creating it in this moment. We are simply joining the praise when we join in that song. And we join our hearts together to the Lord. Beautiful.
1: Well, guys, one of the things kind of coming off that question of the importance of worship, I mean, one of the things we're blessed by here at Redemption is, I mean, Gary and your team lead us so well every week. And and I think we are just blessed right now by God. Just there's a spirit of worship. People are leaning in. And so I would love to dive a little bit into kind of worship here at Redemption. And Rick, I know you have some thoughts to kind of lead us in. I'll hand it off to you. Sure. So, Gary, how long have
2: you
0: been with us? Uh almost four and a half years. And I, as a lead pastor, I've definitely seen during that time, the temperature of our worship, the engagement of our worship has gone steeply up. And so it's much to your credit. I am blessed by that. Not only as a pastor, I'm blessed by that as a congregant and I'm blessed in that as a family leader, my husband and and a father that my family's been blessed by that. And Mm -hmm. so I'm really uh, grateful for that. And so we want to hear a little bit from you about kind of how you, what, what you've done intentionally over the last four and a half years to raise the temperature, to raise the engagement. And I'll tell you, I'm excited about, it because I, I think our congregants who hear this will go, oh, that's what he's doing. That's why. And hopefully it'll help our congregation even more. But then now their worship leaders could benefit from this as well. So what, what did you do or what have you done? Well, I think um,
2: it hasn't, happened in the last four and a half years, I think, uh, in this particular church, it starts every church, it's going to be about what is the vision of the leadership of the church. So if pastor Rick doesn't want that kind of atmosphere and that kind of intensity in worship, he's probably not hiring Gary. Um, so I think it's, it starts there. And even before the four and a half years, for sure, I think that that's always been your heart. Uh, and it's always been my heart. So, you know, I've been doing this for a little while, and, and I mean, before I even was doing this full-time, uh, I was leading worship, and God just geared my heart towards that. That was a passion, even before, I guess, quote-unquote, it was cool, you know? It was like, it was, I wanted to see people participating and engaging, not just standing there and listening to a band. Okay, so
0: I want to underline that before you go on to your next thought, that what you just said is it starts in the heart of a leader, that if, if somebody doesn't have the heart to lead the congregation in that direction, to get some pedantic tricks and try to... It's not going to work. That you have to have a, a leadership team that wants that. And if you have that, it'll come.
2: Yeah, it's definitely top-down. All right. It, ha- it it always is. I've told worship leaders that before. If, you're, if your pastor's 99.9% behind what you're doing, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to make sure that they are 100% on board with you know what you're bringing to the table and that you're a right fit for that particular congregation, so um, yeah, I think I think we're just a good fit. Absolutely, for, for one thing, I, we're and
0: know, what a what a blessing from the Lord because you right. took a gamble on us, we took a gamble sure. on you, and God just blessed us both.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think we're just seeing you know unity in that, and um, so that that's 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 a really big part of it. And, and I know when I was hired, we did like a dessert night Q and A kind of thing, um, and somebody asked me on the spot, like, what's your five-year plan? I'll never forget that. And I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) I don't have a five-year plan. Well, we're coming up on that. So, uh. (laughs) But but the Lord did kind of, I think, gave me a word in that moment. That was just the idea of freedom. You know, Paul said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there's just no denying it. When there's freedom uh, to worship and we are in tune with the spirit and we're not quenching the spirit that you're going to see some cool stuff happen. You're going to, you're going to, and so that's, that's part, part of it. And then, and I guess just to kind of finish off my little uh, tips, I would say, um, you know, I have to, I have to, the leader has to lead our church in that, uh, you know, there's just different ways to do that. But from the stage, uh, even off stage, you know, just loving people. So that's one of the things I hit on is love people on stage and love people off stage, And uh, but I also have to teach them and give them permission uh, to express themselves and sing.
0: I think I've seen along the way also you've encouraged your volunteer team because you're not up on stage alone. You're surrounded by a team of volunteers that are uh, helping lead musically from the stage and you've encouraged them to visually be engaging, uh, which that leads from the stage. So it's not just you, but your whole team. Uh, And I've seen you also share leadership. Uh, which I think has been really cool to watch. So so one of the things I think has helped the congregation, it's not just what you do while you're playing a song, but your coaching comments for, I, I don't know what to call it, um, yeah. but uh, where you're uh, exhorting and encouraging them to lean in. But you don't do that only, you shared that with other people. Uh, and th- that's been cool to watch.
2: Yeah, just to have a culture on your worship team that uh, doesn't just get up and sing songs, but actually, you know, shepherds, the congregation, through these songs, make it kind of a spiritual journey for them. And, and, they, and, I, and our, our churches need that help sometimes, especially in that first service early on Sunday morning. They, <laughs> they need a little help sometimes.
0: Absolutely. Well, you just twice you mentioned songs there. Uh, so I, I, I know people are curious, like, how do you pick songs for redemption? And, and then woven into that is like, what, in your perspective, what makes a good congregational song? Um,
2: so picking songs, uh, number one over the top should be, should be always in, in, uh, what we do is, is prayer. Like if, if God is giving us a piece about things, then we're going to be okay. If he's, if, if we're not asking the Lord about what we should sing to him, uh, that's not a, not a good route. Uh, and I've learned that I've learned that the hard way in my younger years of doing like songs that I'm like really excited about. And, uh, I'm jamming out to them in my car, and then they just fall flat in on Sunday morning. <laughs> so usually that meant I probably didn't pray about them, you know. But um, prayerfully, and then, uh, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of hard to separate these questions because I think they go together. Uh, when I think of a good congregational song, I, th- it's, I can simply put it in, in two ways. It needs to be biblical, number one, and it needs to be singable, Um, biblical, obviously we want it to be doctrinally sound, um, because songs teach our church, Mm -hmm. you know, we, when we... Or misteach. Yeah. Make your choice. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. They're, they're a discipleship tool. Like you said, good or bad. I mean, we can disciple people in the, or in a good or bad way. So when we have that value of them being biblical, that means we're going to say no to some really cool songs sometimes.
0: Very singable.
2: Yes, very singable songs. But if they're not biblical, we're going to say no to them. Uh, that that may happen uh, when a congregant comes to me and suggests a song, and I look at it and I'm like, this this is a really cool song, but it doesn't line up with Scripture. So, so. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that one. So there's a that's a high value. So biblical, and then the second thing is singable. Uh, I think this is something that is is overlooked, uh, I don't want to say a lot, but a good amount. When I visit churches, I'm I'm amazed at how many times I go into a congregational setting and they're doing a song and I'm like, I can barely sing this and I do this for a living. Like, I sing. Um, So it it needs to be accessible. Um, I I was in a uh, workshop one time um, with uh, the guy who wrote the song Sing to the King, if anybody remembers, that was an old one. But he was critiquing one of my songs, and uh, I remember he described what kind of songs we should sing in a church, and I loved it. He gives this, this picture. He said, just think of that good old boy in his work clothes coming in at 830, coming, off, coming off, of, off of his working all night on that shift, and ask yourself, could that guy sing this song? You know, So that's a great uh, target when you, when you think about, is a song singable?
0: You know, Martin Luther did something like that. I believe it was Martin Luther. What happened was, before the Protestant Reformation, worship had hit a low ebb. Uh, And so what Luther did is he took the songs from the pubs and put uh, theological lyrics to them. And so they were the culture's tunes. They were very singable to the culture. The good old boy, like, absolutely. But all of a sudden, they were singing good Theology, Uh, and so there you have Luther bringing in the good theology. But but to your point, Gary, very singable, and singable is a very cultural thing that changes place to place and over time.
2: Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. If if a worship leader is listening to this and you're just like going, why doesn't my church sing? That may be part of it. You you might look at your song list and go, are these songs. Singable, in and in a, when I get really in the weeds, are, are you doing it in a, a good key for them to sing it? Is it too high? Or are you doing it like the, the same key that for King and Country is doing it on the radio, or you, you know whatever it may be? So think about that singability part of it, um, and in talking about Christian music, uh, that can be sometimes the difference between Christian music and worship music. So sometimes we'll have a congregant come to me and suggest a song they heard on uh, CCM radio or Christian radio, and that song probably wasn't written for us to sing as a congregation. It was for you to listen to in your car. And so my heart is, I don't want people to just listen to the songs on Sunday. You know, I want them to sing them.
0: Amen. I love that heart of yours. That, and, we, and we try to keep our finger on that pulse. Like, is the congregation engaging? And, and we use that. And I've noticed you've not only beefed up kind of the toolbox full of our songs, but that also has allowed us to go, oh, wow, the congregation's not singing that one. We like that song. It's a doctrinally solid song, but the congregation isn't engaging. So that might not make many Sundays. Well,
1: and I like too, Gary, I mean, you mentioned those two things, biblical and singable. And what I appreciate about you is is you actually stick to that. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not you're just a worship guy in here saying that on a podcast because it sounds cool and it's good, but like we've nicked songs and we haven't done songs because they're not biblical. And we've also not done songs because they're not singable. So, like, I've appreciated that about you just, yeah, you stick to that. And that's, I think, one of the reasons we have seen great worship here is because we really have held on to those because they're important, like you said. That's cool.
2: Yeah, and uh, when we think of songs congregationally, we also need to think of what songs should our particular church sing. Uh, One thing I've learned being at, this is my fourth church, what's interesting is every church I've been at has a different list of songs. There are some songs that are universal. You know, like you'll probably hear them at every church. I looked up the top five songs that are being sung in our country right now on CCLI, and uh, it's Build My Life, Who You Say I Am, What a Beautiful Name, Waymaker, and Great Are You, Lord. We do all those songs. Probably most churches do those songs. So there's some universal songs, but then there's some songs that are unique to Redemption Chapel and may not, you know, work in another place, and vice versa. Um, so that's one thing I've learned. And what I, I, what I'd love to brag about our church for a second is uh, the what I love about being here is what I've learned is that our church loves to sing about the gospel, and they love to sing like gospel-driven. Uh, Jesus-drenched songs, you know, and sometimes those are um, not always universal, you know, that I I can think of some churches I've been in the past where that they, you know, some of these songs would have fallen flat because they're, they maybe just didn't have enough punch to them, but what our church loves is the message, and they get jacked up when we sing about the, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. So,
0: Yeah, particularly resurrection, man. They, yeah, they come on you know. glued. I love it. I love that about our church, too, brother. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And some of that, uh, you said there are songs that are unique to Redemption Chapel, and that's, that's somewhat quite literal because because oh, yeah. so, you yeah. write. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, you've written songs, and there may be some other churches out there that do them, but uh, there are songs that are just... Hours and I like that we have a writing church.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, and that's something that is really. I mean, we've been doing that, and it's it's just getting uh, uh, bigger and better. Got more people, you know, writing and writing together, and uh, it's it's exciting to see. We're actually going to uh, we're going to do a new one, uh, I think, in October. So,
0: yeah, uh, one that you I think just finished writing, yeah, right? Yeah, up. Yeah, we're it. polishing it up now. That. So,
2: yeah, definitely. If you're writing songs for your church. They're unique to your church, and, and just love that. I mean, sit in that and just thank the Lord for that. That's a really cool thing.
1: Well, let's, I mean, Gary, let's, and Rick, let's both, I mean, I'd love to hear you guys really dive into some more practicals, like, okay, how do we take worship to the next level? So whether that's someone listening that's part of our church, and like I said, I think, and you guys said as well, I mean, our worship is going awesome, but we're not perfect, and we have a long ways to go still True. as a church. So maybe someone from our church is like, man, I want to lean in and make it even better. Maybe someone's listening to this, and they go to another church, and they don't see a lot of that expression, so what can they do to lead the way? So, so what can we do? What's some practical things we can do as believers, as a church setting, to kind of get worship to the next level um, as we participate?
2: Well, I think we have to be careful using the term next level, too. I mean, I mean, as long as we are engaging with the Lord and responding to Him, that's kind of—there's no next level. I mean, now, I know what you're saying. There's a practical piece of that of maybe—there's I, I there's people that are maybe inhibited in their worship. Um, uh, they, they come in and they're not as expressive, whether that be that they don't want to do that or— uh, that they don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, there, there was a lady in my first church years ago that used to—I um, called her the worship ninja because she used to hold her hands— upright behind the pew because she didn't want to lift them up all the way because <laughs> she was
0: her it was her stealth way of raising <laughs> yeah. her hands that's
2: awesome and she would come up and confess that to me all the time like oh i lifted my hands up under the pew but <laughs> so um <laughs> you're <I> think, forgiven <laughs> right, right right so i think people just struggle with that um then there's people that are just downright against it some sometimes not very many at our church that i know of but um uh it's, it is hard to argue with expressiveness when it comes to what the Bible says. It's, it's pretty clear in Scripture that it gives us all kinds of ways to do that, whether it be shouting or singing or clapping hands or raising hands or bowing down. Um, dancing as well is, is one of those options. So uh, it's, it's definitely in Scripture, and it's hard to argue uh, against, for sure.
0: And if we're not careful, I think we, we can be— think we can come out of the frozen chosen camp you know Uh, we we have a high view of the scriptures we have a lot of love for the scriptures that can lean us toward being truth people Uh, and Gary I know you love that verse where uh, that the true worshipers worship the Lord in spirit and truth and so there's got to be that balance there has to be truth but there should be spirit there should be the Holy Spirit is there and he's filling us and energizing us, and expression is just leaking out of all of our pores, that should be going on. And you usually get churches that go that route, and there's tons of spirit, but they drift from truth. Or you get churches that are like solid truth, but there's no spirit. And we want we want to have both. And that's where that spirit has to be there. Yeah.
2: And it's hard to talk to people that maybe you struggle with this without coming off as preachy uh, when we talk about it, because it is in a way, convicting. Like, think about just for a second, what are you most excited about? Like, what gets you jacked up instantly? Think about the last time you got really, really excited where you can't control your emotions. Was it Jesus? And that's the conviction part. Uh, For me, it was last night watching the Celtics game. Wasn't Jesus? So that's convicting. How'd they do? Uh, I don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, but <laughs> leave that out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 you just think about the practical idea that man, what we are passionate about is what we get excited about, and what we express our excitement about for sure. Um, Rick Warren, a pastor in California, he said, "Passive worship is an oxymoron. Hmm. Doesn't make sense." Uh, I just read in a book yesterday, Bob Coughlin, another guy, he said, passionless singing is an oxymoron, you know. So uh, it, it is disheartening at times as the worship leader to come in, you know, on a Sunday. And especially if you know there are people that are believers and they're coming in, they just don't have any passion, you know, consistently. It's like, come on, man, let's get
0: excited about this. We're singing about the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. So, Which is insane because— You take that same crowd and you put them in a rock concert or some sort of musical concert, and they will be expressive. They might sing along, they might sway, they might whatever. Or you put them at a sporting event, and they're going to shout, and they're going to whistle, and they're going to clap. And now you put them in an environment that is all about eternity uh, and the fact that we're rebels against God, caught, condemned, rebels and yet Jesus has come died risen freed us and adopted us and made us and and we can't we can't get a little excited about that like come on
2: right absolutely and that, and that, again that's convicting it should be convicting for all of us. I mean, there's times that we get most excited about something that is not Jesus. And so, uh, yeah, to, <laughs> at the very least, yeah, when we talk about and sing about Jesus, yeah, man, we should be excited. And one thing I thought of yesterday was I don't recall too often um, having to talk uh, people into worshiping that are really passionate about Jesus. Like I've just seen, they are just on fire for him uh, in their life. I, Those people are usually just naturally inclined uh, to be those those people that come and they just can't help it. You know, it just overflows.
0: And so, one of the concepts I've had in ministry, so so far as it pertains to the Sunday morning worship time, uh, and I've held on to this for a while, that that all we do during Sunday morning is harvest. Uh, We we really we can't grow the crop during the time. And what I mean is, is somebody's living a life of worship, both in the broad sense, but also narrowly. Maybe they're playing worship music throughout the week and their hearts are kind of stewing in that, maybe singing that in their car as they commute, whatever. And so all this worship is just boiling in their life throughout the week. You come in on Sunday morning, look out. But the the converse is true as well. You take that all, you strip that all out of their life. You come in Sunday morning. It's not like they're going to have really exciting, engaging worship. It doesn't work like that. So you harvest what you've been planting all week long. Uh, and then when you come in, if you've got that going, you come in. And that's where, it, and Gary, you listed, so like people actually hoot and holler in our worship like our worship would not be the same without Ralph, right? Like so, so hooting and hollering, that's clapping, whistling, moving to the music, raising your hands, absolutely. And I didn't used to be a hand raiser, uh, but, but that changed, I don't know, five years ago or something like that, because I realized, one, it was biblical, uh, but two, it's expressive and I want to be expressive. And three, it's not only biblical and expressive for me, but for the whole congregation that I'm called to lead. And so I lead by example.
2: Yeah. 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 And uh yeah, that's a now that you bring that up, you know, talking to if it, there's any church leaders out here, you know, you have to lead the way in those kind of things too. If you know, if you if you're a pastor of a church and you wanna see more engagement, well then you need to be more engaged, you know, and lead the way. I've uh that's a that's a great point. Um and I, I do wanna say, you know, I that our our church we have just a great thing going when it comes to Sunday morning congregational singing and worship. It's awesome. great. Uh, people are engaged. I'm blessed every week to lead this church for sure. Uh, but I don't want to leave you all out that are listening to this that are just not there yet. You're just kind of you're, you're struggling with expressing yourself. If you're that, you know, don't, I hope you don't feel discouraged uh, by anything that we're saying with this. But I do hope that you feel challenged and uh, encouraged uh, to just join in the fun.
0: Absolutely. Because in every aspect of discipleship, whether if we talk about prayer, some people are better in prayer than others. Let's all take the next step. So reading your Bible, some are better than others. Let's take the next step. And when it comes to worship, singing worship, some are better than others. Let's all take the next step. And for me, one of the things that really has helped a ton over the years, if if you're part of the frozen chosen and you're not really expressive and engaging, it might help you to block out everyone and focus on Jesus. Imagine yourself, you're in the throne room of God, like Isaiah's vision, and you're in the throne room of God. He's there and you are singing to him and see if that doesn't start to shepherd your heart into the right spot in the right expression. Because I don't want to make, yeah, do I? want people to raise hands sure I do but I don't want to make an idol out of that so right. if you're not raising hands you're bad if you are raising hands you're good no 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 but it, so even if you're like I'm not ready to raise my hands fine but in what way do you lean in in what way do you express raising hands isn't obligatory but expression and engagement and leading in we all need to do that as disciples
2: yeah and like I said just be a you can be a part of it it's just some really cool fun stuff that's going on. In our midst, and uh, you have biblical, per- biblical permission to be a part of it, I guess is what I tell people.
0: So, awesome! before you wrap us up, I uh, do want to just say, Gary, I think you are more than a worship leader. Thank you.
2: That's have, you so, heard, have you heard that phrase That sounds
0: before? very familiar. Have you heard the phrase, more than a worship I, leader, I've Austin? heard it a few times. I've read it a few times, heard, too. you read that? Yeah, where have read you read that, Austin? I don't know. Gary? Do you have a book by that title, Gary? I do. I do. So uh, you use first names at the front end. So it's Gary Durbin, Mm D-U-R-B-I-N, and he does have a book called More Than a Worship Leader. Both of us, uh, Pastor Austin and I, have read that. It's a great book. I'd really recommend it uh, to congregants. I'd recommend it certainly to worship leaders out there uh, to get a hold of that. It's a good book, brother. Well done.
2: Great Coaster, at the very least, too. You need to put your drink down somewhere. <laughs> some and either way,
1: money. read it, Coaster. We will drop it in the show notes so that people can link to it and grab it. It is a great book. Thank great you. Great book. Well, there's a couple other things I know we'll put in the show notes. Uh, we've mentioned some books, so we'll throw those in there as well. We also have a worship music page on our website we'll throw in there, just with some songs, things like that. Um, So guys, thanks for this discussion, Gary. Thank you for everything you do for our church. And I hope that people listening to this uh, from our church will lean in and we will see um, God just continue to move in our area of worship. Uh, If you're not a part of our church, hopefully it blesses you as well. Um, So guys, thanks for the conversation. uh, And we hope uh, you'll be back with us next month on another episode.
0: Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com/grow. We
1: hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.